Khrushchev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Jim Parents Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Parents. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you. We are, of course, live on Sunday nights. And tonight's going to be a great one. Um, this is going to be one of those shows where the downloads are going to go crazy uh, once Monday morning hits. And uh, we've got with us one of our most popular guests. Anytime we talk about Scientology, it just goes crazy. The downloads, the good emails, the bad emails, it just comes alive. And that's going to be tonight in 29 minutes. Our friend Tony Ortega is back. I believe this is his third time with us. He has a blog called The Underground Bunker, and he writes exclusively about Scientology He's been doing this for years, and every single day he has an article about Scientology on his blog. So it's one that you want to subscribe to, you want to check on every day. I'm just fascinated with Scientology. I, I, and, I and I've got a couple of, um, well, I've got one really big surprise for you um, that I will announce during the interview with uh, Tony Ortega. Now, I don't know if this is a big deal or not, but I just received an email from the top people at Scientology earlier this week, inviting me to what is, I think, a a fairly exclusive event. And I don't know if this is significant or not, but I will tell you what it is, and we'll ask our friend Tony Ortega about it once uh, he joins us here in just about 28 minutes. Uh, Sad news today to report the actor that played Big Bird, Carol Spinney, uh, died today at the age of 85. So if you're someone... You know, my age, uh, you grew up watching Sesame Street. You'll never forget the voice. And, of course, he was a very tall man filling that that costume. Carol Spinney, known by millions as Big Bird, uh, died today at the age of 85. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And as we do, we continue to uh, do these programs with no commercials. And I'm loving it because a couple of things are happening. One is the downloads are going through the roof. More and more people are catching on to the show because we don't have the commercials anymore. Just people love it. So that's great. We're also seeing a huge amount of spike over at YouTube where the show is also uh, put available there for people that want to listen to the show over at YouTube, which I know sounds kind of weird because we don't have a video of the show. We just take the audio and we put like a still picture up there and people still love to listen to it over there. I mean, some of the individual episodes are in the tens of thousands of listens. So YouTube by itself is is massive, but now we're getting the huge downloads over at iTunes and, and all the other platforms that we syndicate the show on uh, after we're live on Sunday nights, of course. Then we, we put it out on all the podcast platforms and YouTube on Monday morning. Uh, so we do this by way of a sponsor that covers the cost for each episode. And tonight's sponsor is DefendYourCredit.us. And we ask you to help us by patronizing our sponsors. And DefendYourCredit.us, what is it? 
It is the program I have been using for many, many years as my identity theft product. A lot of people ask me what I use. They know that I'm very active. I write a lot about identity theft, about, you know, I was a victim of an embezzlement scheme back in 2001. People know my story, know how careful I am now with my finances. And the only product I use is defendyourcredit.us. We are an affiliate, so we get a little bit of money when you sign up for that. There's also kind of an interesting business opportunity there for you if you want to take a look at it. Check it out tonight. Sponsor, defendyourcredit.us. Okay, my wife and I, we did that DNA testing thing today where, no, I'm not being tested for DNA because I'm the son of Joe Biden and I might have a child in Arkansas. (laughs) Why did I have to go there? We've got a lot on Joe Biden tonight in our first segment. (laughs) But in any case, no, I'm not a serial killer. I'm not going to be on uh, Jerry Springer uh, or Maury Povich uh, to see if I'm the father. (laughs) My wife and I did that DNA test thing where you can kind of learn pretty definitively where your ancestry is. Now, my wife kind of knows her ancestry pretty well, and she's got a couple people in her family who've done the thing where you go online and you know, kind of, you know, going back 200, 300 years, who your ancestors are. I've got a little bit of that going on uh, in my family, some people that have done that, but not as thoroughly. And there's kind of some interesting, I don't know if these are are myths or, or not, but one thing is that supposedly I have some tiny amount of of Blackfoot Indian in my DNA. I don't know. Um, also I know I've got a lot of Irish, but, and I know I've got some English, but there was some thought I might have some Italian in there. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much it breaks it down. I've never done this before. I'm really excited about it. We did it today. It was really cool. You just kind of, you follow the instructions, you get like a, like a Q-tip and you swab the inside of your cheek. This is just like on, uh, CSI, (laughs) you you do the thing and you put it in a little uh, capsule they give you and you put it in the envelope and, you know, you do some registration online and all this so they know it's coming. And uh, it was like 50 bucks each. And this is kind of like part of our Christmas present to each other that we're going to do this. And so I will tell you on the show, um, good, bad or ugly, I will tell you if I am part uh, uh, caveman, whatever it comes out (laughs) to be, I will let you know. I have a feeling, though, my craving for potatoes and my love for corned beef and cabbage and things like that, I, I've got to be Irish. And uh, I've got to, uh, also, uh, you know, some family members that really love beer. So <laughs> I think those are all probably equally as scientific in terms of clues. All right. We're not going to talk about the IG report here tonight, other than to say it's coming out tomorrow. So by the time most people listen to this show, which is on the replay. It'll already be out there and we'll have been talking about it in the, you know, future. We'll be talking about it in the future tense and it'll already be there. So we're not going to do that other than to say, I find it very interesting how there seems to be two narratives. There's this one narrative that you hear on the Sean Hannity show that this is like scorched earth. People are going to go to jail. There are criminal referrals and, you know, names like Comey are, are being mentioned and all that. Then you have this other narrative that, nope, we already know it's already been leaked. It's basically going to be a nothing burger. So, you know, I'm curious, honestly, I guess it comes out tomorrow morning, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. I might just do a special YouTube video to comment on it at that time. I'm really curious how there could be 
like these both separate stories from both sides that claim they know what's in that report. We'll have to see. Um, Hillary Clinton continues to make media rounds, and it's getting harder and harder for her to claim that these media appearances are to promote uh, a book about courageous women with her daughter, Chelsea, because that's kind of over, and now she's still going on. And she made a very bizarre appearance this week on Howard Stern. Uh, Howard Stern, strange guy. And, I mean, she got into everything about, uh, he asked her whether she ever had any lesbian affairs or lesbian girlfriends. They talked about that. Very strange, you know, topics. But people that know politics say that this is one of the interviews you do before you decide to run for office because, it's sort of one of those get to know you as a person type of interviews. I'm not sure that I see that, but that's what people say. And there are, I guess, a lot of examples of people going on Howard Stern just before they announce. So it's it's yet another kind of grain of doubt out there that w- whether or not Hillary is going to run. Uh, and there seems to still be a little bit of time for that to happen. It, it's kind of closing in on that like last window here. But maybe this week she's going to announce. I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Speaking of politics and what's going on on the campaign trail, if you did not see it, you have deprived yourself of perhaps the funniest video of the entire year. So if we were right now tonight doing funniest videos of 2019, you know how they do those shows, top 20 songs, top funniest videos, you know, most important moments of the year, all of that. So let's pretend tonight is the top 20 video countdown of 2019. The absolute funniest video. Now, I'm, of course, excluding laughing babies because those are always the funniest. Outside of the category of laughing babies was a viral video this week of Joe Biden, I kid you not, calling an Iowa voter fat, and he also called him a damn liar. He challenged him to push-ups and to um, a, a uh, to go jogging with him as well, interestingly enough. And this is all because he asked him about his son's involvement with Ukraine. And um, Biden goes on to say, he, he, calls, he calls the guy fat. He also uses some of that street language where he calls him, hey, man, and he calls him Jack. Listen, Jack. <laughs> Listen, Jack. Uh, and he goes on to say, get this quote. This is almost like Yogi Berra ish, right? He says, the reason I am running is that I have been around a long time and I know more than most people. That's what he says in response to this guy. The reason I'm running is that I've been around a long time and I know more than most people. I don't know. This guy just seems shaky mentally. And I posted on my Facebook, I'm waiting for the media outrage because can you imagine if Trump had done this, if Trump had, and this is a small room. I mean, it's maybe, I don't know, maybe there's 50 people in the room and there's Biden and there's this guy, he's like 84 years old. He's a Marine veteran, an Iowa voter. And he starts out by bashing Trump about Ukraine. Then he, he asks Biden about Ukraine. So he's, he's, you know, equal opportunity critic and Biden just, you know, takes this guy down calls him a damn liar. He calls him fat. He says, listen, fat. <laughs> so if you haven't seen that video, it, we've been having a lot of fun with it this week. It is on my Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, James L. Paris. You can find me on YouTube, James L. Paris. 
Um, it, it is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. And it is just funny that, uh, you know, for all those people that don't like the brashness of Donald Trump, his uncouth ways, uh, you know, his name calling of Rosie O'Donnell and others, uh, it's amazing the crickets, the quietness. No one has anything to say about Joe Biden throwing this 84-year-old Marine veteran under the bus. Listen, Jack, you're a damn liar. You're fat. <laughs> okay, uh, we move ahead here. I want to also, oh, there we go, making sure that we're recording. Um, speaking of Joe Biden, there is a paternity suit. Now, you, you, this is really hard to follow. And I've got this theory that when it comes to Democrats, there's always a Billy Carter. You know what I'm talking about? So Bill Clinton had Roger Clinton, you know, kind of the wayward brother that was doing odd things. Jimmy Carter had had Billy Carter. There's always kind of this odd. In, in the case of Bill Clinton, not only did he have um, his brother, Roger, but he had himself. So he was his own odd character in the family. Uh, <laughs> so we have this situation with Joe Biden where now it's starting to become about Joe Biden's strange family members and and a couple of just interesting stories this week. Of course, we know about Hunter Biden and the whole Ukraine thing and the guy's train wreck interview admitting he had no qualifications uh, in in the oil and gas industry, uh, getting paid a million dollars a year. He just kind of comes on camera, looks dumbstruck, um, does the interview. So we have all that. But but the backdrop of it is this guy is really messed up. I mean, just type in his name and there's all these weird stories. And so this story that's uh, circulating this week is apparently it has now been confirmed by a court that Hunter Biden is the father. Speaking of DNA testing, Hunter Biden is, in fact, the father of a baby um, that was born in Arkansas. And this was a woman he was involved with. Well, at the time he was dating his brother's widow, keep track of this. Follow me now. <laughs> he is dating his brother's widow, then is sexually involved with this woman and has a baby in the court. This is not just speculation. The court has said this is his child by DNA. Now, as a result, he has to submit to the court five years of financial records, which is sort of standard. But what makes this super interesting is that this will cover some of those years that he was involved with the Ukraine deal and the China deal. So even though these records are, quote unquote, sealed in family court, the, the expectation is that information may, in fact, be leaked from the court. And it may turn out that we end up getting the whole ball of wax about what's going on with his finances. Um, it's very interesting. He fired all of his lawyers, I guess, this week. All of his lawyers were fired that were handling the case. Um, and then Joe Biden has a brother whose name is. James Biden. He goes by Jim. So you got Joe Biden and you got Jim Biden. So there is a story over at KnoxNews.com. That's K-N-O-X, K-N-O-X, Knox as in Knoxville, KnoxNews.com, that the FBI is probing a terroristic threat against a McMinnville couple that is suing Joe Biden's brother, Jim. Now follow this. Follow this story. So this couple that lives in McMinnville, which is um, near Chattanooga area, Tennessee area. So they apparently, their claim is that they had this business plan for a medical, um, 
uh, how to take rural hospitals and turn them into medical centers and uh, provide more services to people by using hospitals that aren't uh, being fully utilized and to be able to make a lot of money doing that. So they had this this idea. I don't understand it, but that's that's the claim. They have this business plan. So they have this business concept. It's all worked out. They're ready to, I guess, raise millions of dollars to implement this around the country. They meet Jim Biden. Um, They said he used his, quote unquote, star power, being brother of Joe Biden, to get them to share with him their business plans. They did. They claim now that he has stolen their idea. Okay, fast forward. They now have received in the end in the mail an envelope with foreign currency from a Middle Eastern country that was soaked in blood. And supposedly this is some kind of a a warning that you're you need to back off from whatever you're doing because we're going to get you. I've never heard of that before. Um, You know, I've seen the mafia movies where the. Uh, you know, they kill your cat and put it in a box and put it on your doorstep or put the dead fish on your doorstep. Never heard of this one, but apparently it's a thing. And the FBI is probing this as a terroristic threat. No one is saying that Jim Biden is behind it, but this couple is basically saying this is the only kind of controversy they have going on. Otherwise, they have a normal, quiet life living in McMinnville, Tennessee. But they have this lawsuit going on with Joe Biden's brother. And now the FBI is in the middle of the whole thing. So just another interesting story um, about the Biden family. So who knows whether that will get traction. Um, I have been doing a lot of just standalone videos about the Jeffrey Epstein case. This week, I put two videos up. They're getting huge views. People have a voracious appetite for this Epstein case, and there's so much on it. I wanted to mention to you a few things here. One is there are some really great podcasts to listen to if you're interested in this case, and I want to give you the name of three of them. Uh, two of these I've I've been listening to. One of these I have not yet listened to, but it's highly recommended. So write these down, and you can get these for free uh, at your favorite uh, podcast platform, whether it's iTunes or uh, Google Play Store, wherever. So the three podcasts about the Epstein case, the mysterious Mr. Epstein, Epstein Devil in the Darkness, which is a really good one, and the last one is Broken Jeffrey Epstein. It's There's like a colon there. It's a broken colon Jeffrey Epstein. So those are the three, the mysterious Mr. Epstein, Epstein Devil in the Darkness, and Broken colon Jeffrey Epstein. So those are the three that uh, are the most highly recommended, and two of those three I've already I finished one of them. I'm now on the um, Epstein Devil in the Darkness. I'm on that one. And then I'm going to be starting the broken one. But the new book, the new book that is uh, out, I guess it's, it's, some people have it. I saw it at the bookstore, but I'd already ordered mine on Amazon. So I didn't have it yet in my hand to talk about it tonight. But it's supposed to be here at the house tomorrow. And I will be discussing it all week on my YouTube channel. It is called Epstein. Dead Men Tell No Tales. I'm really looking forward to the breakdown in this book, but I can tell you that the narrative of this is similar to one of the videos I posted on YouTube this week, which uh, is, I heard the uh, the author Dylan Howard on with Sean Hannity, 
I believe it was on Thursday or Friday. And he gave sort of a thumbnail sketch, which is that it's his uh, view that it all goes back to Robert Maxwell, who is the father of Jelaine Maxwell, the lifelong friend and associate of Jeffrey Epstein. Some call her the madam. Some call her the fixer. Some call her the procurer of, of young women, whatever you want to call her, Jelaine Maxwell. The, the, the story is that Robert Maxwell was supposedly a spy working for Mossad, and he passed down the family business to his daughter, Jelaine Maxwell, who was the close friend of Epstein. And the father, I guess, thought that they were going to become married and be a couple, even though that never happened. They ended up just being friends. Um, he sort of recruited Jeffrey Epstein into the family business along with his daughter, and they acted as uh, assets of uh, the intelligence community using these uh, locations in Florida and uh, the Virgin Islands and New Mexico and New York City to lure famous, powerful men, politicians into these situations where they could then be blackmailed later. So this is sort of the narrative of the new book. I'm going to read it um, page for page, and I'll be doing updates on it all throughout the week on my YouTube channel, as well as other things. I have to tell you, I'm not going to announce too much tonight, but because I live in Florida here, I'm actually going to be digging into Epstein's background in a little bit of a different way, uh, which is his his finances and his his financial transactions and things that I'm able to check into here from Florida to maybe break some new news of my own uh, about the Epstein case. Uh, there is so much that people, I, I've got like a hundred questions. Maybe my top question is where all of his money came from, which I still don't understand. Um, okay. So he blackmailed people. All right. But really uh, $600 million. I don't know. Um, that sounds a little bit far-fetched uh, that that was from that, but maybe. Maybe it was. Um, but I'm very curious about how he got this deal in 2008 when he was convicted uh, as a felon, as a sexual predator here in Florida and served only like 12 or 13 months and got like a day pass where he was able to be out of his jail cell for like half the day or two thirds of the day. Um, that is actually being investigated right now by our Florida governor, how that deal took place. I'm probably the most interested in that to figure that out, you know, how in the world that happened. So follow me on YouTube, James L. Paris. A lot will be coming out this week. And like I said, probably tomorrow, at least by midday, I'll do some kind of a commentary about the IG report. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be at least something in there worth talking about. So we'll plan on doing that. Uh, one site I have become fascinated with is predictit.org, predictit.org. I don't know if you've been to this site, but it is a site you can go to and make bets on all kinds of different things having to do with politics, um, maybe other things too, but I've only looked at their political section. And I find it very interesting what the gamblers' odds are saying about the upcoming election. So here's what we're being... Uh, if the gamblers are right, if Biden, in fact, is the nominee, gamblers are saying that 
three to one odds Trump is going to win. In other words, Trump has three times the shot at winning than Biden if it's Trump against Biden. So I find it very interesting um, that it's so, I mean, it's like a landslide overwhelming win, according to gamblers, if Biden is the nominee. Um, I also took a look at what's happening with the Democratic nomination process and the gambling odds over there. And so the gambling odds over there, you've got uh, number one is Biden to win the nomination. Um, And then it's now um, Bernie Sanders is number two. It was Mayor Pete. But now Mayor Pete has slipped to number three, which it's almost neck and neck between Bernie and Mayor Pete. But they're not that far below Biden. So it's almost like I think the bet is like 18 cents to win a dollar for uh, Bernie. And then it's 17 cents to win a dollar for Mayor Pete. So Mayor Pete is is just slightly below uh, Bernie in the odds to win the nomination. And then I think uh, Biden was up to like at 28 cents, so 28 cents to win a dollar. So he's he's up there a little bit above them. But I don't know. It, it, three things I took from this, this uh, list of odds today. Number one, it's interesting to see how Elizabeth Warren has started to fade down the list. I think she's now um, fourth on the list, I believe. Uh, and almost like she peaked too soon because everybody thought, what, a month ago that it was hers to lose. And now she's she's way down there below Mayor Pete. Um, and also, it's it's about time for the Dems to take Bernie out <laughs> like they did last time uh, using the superdelegates, whatever method they're going to use this time. They're going to have to be a little bit sneakier, though, because everybody's already expecting this, um, that they've got to find a way to get rid of Bernie. Um, so uh, it's about time for them to somehow bring Bernie down. I don't know if they're going to buy maybe a fourth house or a fifth house. Uh, some deal will be made to get rid of Bernie. Um, but my other takeaway on this was don't rule out this Mayor Pete guy because I have to tell you, he's a really good talker, but he is far, far left. But you'd never know it if you didn't actually research his positions. He sounds like a really reasonable guy until you find out, for example, that he's all in for the new Green Deal and some of these super far left policies. But don't rule this guy out. Um, he's, I think there's a lot of parallels between him and Barack Obama because he doesn't have a lot of experience politically, nor did Obama. He was just a first term Senator. Um, but just like Obama, he's really glib. He's a good talker and he sounds reasonable. And he's one of these, he's one of these people that might really resonate with uh, Democrat voters up against a Joe Biden who's saying, listen, Jack, listen, fat. You're a damn liar. I don't know that people want that. The The people that don't like Trump don't like that about him, don't like his brash way. So maybe Biden is going to be thought of as being too old, uh, just kind of too unpredictable, too much of a gaffe machine. And I, I, I don't know that in the end people really want, really, really want Bernie. I'm not sure that he's not just largely a novelty. And then you have Mayor Pete. And so Mayor Pete is there to sort of fill in. So, and Mayor Pete, I guess, is leading by almost double digits in Iowa. Not that Iowa is always the you know place that uh, decisions are ultimately made, but that's also something you can't ignore as well. And we'll close out our news segment with 
some thoughts on CNN. CNN has gotten to the point where it is just beyond, beyond, beyond horrible. And I have to tell you, I watched this town hall Thursday night hosted by Jake Tapper, and it was all about Nancy Pelosi. And just some of the stuff he just let her say without even challenging her, it is just no longer a news channel. It's just not. This being confirmed by news coming out on Friday, that CNN ratings have now dropped to a three-year low as they continue to double down on this 24-7, it's all about going after Trump, uh, you know, programming. There's nothing else happening in the world, right? I mean, when you turn on CNN, you don't hear anymore about, like, earthquakes that are happening or weather events or things happening in Europe or what's happening over in Hong Kong. It's like all of, forget about all that, because we're here to just go after Trump 24 hours a day. It's like there is no other news. It's just anti-Trump 24 hours. And I think it worked for them in the beginning, um, but it's it, there, there's a couple of problems with it. Number one, it's no longer working. They're at a three-year low on their ratings. But many people are asking, what do they do after Trump leaves office, whether that's next year or in four and a half years? You know, what do they do when Trump is gone, if that's how they are programming their channel? <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you got to wonder, like, where do you go with that? Like, where do you go next? Um, just forget you never did that for all those years. It's like, OK, let's talk sports. Let's talk weather. Let's talk about what's going on in Europe. Let's talk about the economy. I mean, everything is gone now. It's just anti-Trump 24-7. All right. Uh, follow me on social media. James L. Paris is the name I use on social media. Of course, we call it Jim Paris Live here on Sunday nights. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me even on this crazy new social network for young people called TikTok. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I played a big Christmas show here in town, and I put a little video snippet uh, on it uh, of me playing the trumpet uh, in front of this big, beautiful Christmas tree. I did that on TikTok. So if you're one of the super hip young people that do TikTok, that's right. You can follow Jim Paris. You can tell your parents you follow a 55-year-old guy on TikTok. They might take your phone away. (laughs) All right, we'll take a one-minute break. We'll be back with our special guest, Tony Ortega, who is patiently holding. We'll fire the open, and we'll be back in one minute. Stay tuned. 